Hey guys, welcome to the Malone Bros Podcast, episode five. This week we're talking about an all-time classic, one of the most popular video games of all time, Super Mario Bros 3. So we're gonna go into it hard in the paint here about Mario Brothers 3. Um, we played this game uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s, the first time when we were really young. We played it on the uh, SNES version, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which was a remake of the original version that was on the NES. I think it had the improved graphics and everything. Um, did this one make you restart? When you died too, right? Yes, I believe yeah. when you ran out of lives, you game over and you'd have to restart the world like um, th like the All-Stars version. The, so we played this game about a decade after its release. It was originally released 1990 SNES and then 91 for the SNES. We also played it on the Game Boy Advance, which was released in 03, which we maybe probably put more hours into that version, but... The Game Boy Advance version we played the most. Yeah. That was when we really went back to it and finished the game. Because uh, I think at the time, we were maybe six and three, respectively. So we were way too young to be beating a game that was this difficult. So when we were older, we got the Game Boy Advance version, we actually finished it. But I don't believe we even really legitimately finished it, like beat every single level 100%. We always used the uh, the it's secrets where they let you skip all the levels and then we got to level eight and just finished it. But like to actually go through, beat every level the proper way, it was really difficult. This was probably the most, uh, the, mo the old school Mario game that we put the most hours into out of all of them. Like even more than the original, like even though the original was the first one I played, Mario Brothers 3 was always my favorite. And it was the one we played the most. I have it's, a lot of memories uh, with this game. It's significantly more difficult, Super Mario Bros. 3, in my opinion. The difference of each world makes it much harder than the original Super Mario Bros., like when we played on Deluxe. I remember that version being a lot easier to run through than this one, which, like, this one, you could beat it in one sitting, but it's going to test your patience, for sure. Yeah, I think in one sitting, I got to World 5, and that's all mentally I could handle for one sitting. Yeah. Especially, like, once you hit World 3, you're, all of a sudden, the difficulty is, it spikes hard. Yeah. So, um, I think I actually, the first time I completed the game was 2007, when I was about... A 12 I think I was 12 years old I mean in the beginning we just started off watching because it was one, pretty much the first game we ever played first video game we ever played we just had to learn the basic mechanics of a video game you know avoiding endless pits you can't run into enemies you have to jump on top of them some, some enemies you can't jump on top of you have to know which ones right this is at, at a very young age and it was very difficult getting into it I remember dying a lot even in as at three years old, like it was very hard to play, but we didn't uh, get into it hard until 07 when we, we finished it. But even then, I kind of feel like we abused uh, power-ups and didn't go through every level. Where this time when I played it, I played on the Switch this time, on the Switch emulator, which I'm really happy Nintendo has done that. They have now over 170 titles from the NES and SNES on the emulator which is very nice to see so if any of you guys want to go back on the switch and play these games that you've missed or you don't want to like 
you want a more legitimate experience than emulating it on DSMUM on the computer, this is like a better option. If you own a Switch, play it on Virtual Console, it doesn't cost that much to get Nintendo online. So it's affordable and you get all these games for free. So it's, uh, it's the way to go if you want to play these games. And uh, they're save states too. So like, if you don't want to be punished to, to restart the entire world every time you game over, you can always just use save states. On yeah. the Game Boy Advance version, it was streamlined that it had saving at any time you could save. And it won't, and when you game over, it just sends you back uh, to right before where you died. Like it doesn't send you back to the beginning of the level. So that's a lot more forgiving. And it's modernized that way. I understand why back in the day they would make you restart. There wasn't enough hardware to put saves everywhere. And on top of that, the game itself is actually, if you don't have restarts over and over, the game's actually not that long. So they had to increase the length in some way. I think for how old the game is, um, it looks nice. You know, like the artwork and everything, every world, they actually took the time to like draw out all these landscapes, you know? I don't know if you've looked what the NES version looks like because we didn't get to really play that version. But I looked at the NES version. It looks worse. The SNES version looks really good. All the they colors. Look, yeah, it looks really good. I really, even to this day, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Well, first I wanted to tell you that I did try playing it like how it was intended at first. I tried to play... Um. You get to the end of the, like the All-Stars version where you get to the end of the world. Okay, you can save now and it, it will send you, every time you came over, it sends you back. And I made it to World 3. Uh, I actually beat World 2 like that. I beat it through the whole thing. I made it to World 3, but it was too much after. It just was not enjoyable. The only way to do it the old school way is if you master and memorize how to do each level clean. And it just takes a lot of time. And if you have a lot of games on your plate, like in a modern gaming library, you're not, I don't think most people are going to want to spend the time to learn the insides and outs of every Super Mario Brothers 3 level and uh, go through it in the traditional way. I highly recommend just using save states or playing it on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, That's it was the best way. I started having way more fun and it was more enjoyable. Just after each level, I would just save. And if I came over, okay, I only have to redo the one level and not redo the whole world. It was it was getting not fun, really. It's better that way. It's yeah. way better that way. Um, and I'm sure getting the uh, your or, like your hands on an actual copy of the Game Boy Advance game is not easy. Uh, I don't think it's that expensive, but it's just kind of scarce, right? Like you got to go to a mom and pop shop. You got to find it in a retro gaming store if you wanted like a hard copy of the Game Boy Advance version. I think that's the best version of the game to play it on. But like, I haven't played it on the Switch. How is it on the big screen? Is it nice? Yeah, it's it's, it's about equivalent in terms of gameplay. It's about the same, but it's nice playing it with the Pro Controller. Um, on a better screen, yeah. bigger screen, less screen And even eyes. stretched out, it's still like the resolution's fine. It's not like when you're playing on the emulator and you, uh, you blow up the... Um, you know, the emulator to 24 or even 40 inches on your screen. And it just, it looks like shit. It's like I was playing uh, on the GBA emulator or stretched out and it just doesn't look as good. No. As when you're playing it on the actual Game Boy Advance screen. Tight they resolution, tweaked it right? to fit. Yeah. They tweaked it to fit. And uh, the game was originally made to be played on a television. Yeah. So it's not like it's like it, it wasn't made for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. yeah. So it looks good when you blow it up. It looks fine, right? Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about now how punishing 
the difficulty of this game is. Uh, it's probably one of the hardest old school Mario games. If not, I think the hardest one. Well, no, I'd say in my opinion, two is still harder. Uh, two yeah, is very yeah. difficult. But this is probably comes in at second. Well, Lost Levels, I've never played Lost Levels, but out of the ones I've played, uh, two is the hardest and then probably this one comes in second. And to this day, it's still hard. Uh, certain levels can get frustrating. Uh, and overall, the game to this day holds up very well. I think to get past some of the more difficult levels, the game wants you to use certain power-ups. Like for example, how you finished Grassland, the first world. And at the end, Princess Peach sends you a magic wing in the uh, letter that she gives you at the end of the level. That wing is best used on the level in the second world's desert land when you hit the level where the sun is chasing you that level is where you're supposed to use the magic wing because yeah. it's extremely difficult to do it without it but you've completed it without using the magic wing you mm -hmm. saved it i didn't use i was trying to beat every level without using the magic wing there's actually a level in world seven that forces you to complete it with the magic wing there's a side little world you complete you fight a uh, plant like, I don't know, this plant, whatever, you go on top of it, and it locks this world, and uh, they give you a P-Wing at the end, and you have to use it to complete the level. There's only way you can beat it is a war pipe at the top of the level that you can only read. Well, actually, you might be able to, I guess, reach it with a Tanuki suit, but you know what I mean. They give you the oh, P-Wing. Uh, one thing I searched up, actually, the raccoon suit and the Tanuki suit are two separate things. Yeah, well, I just called them both, yeah. The Tanuki suits, but yeah, I they are different. That. Well, the Tanuki suit, you changed to stone. That's yeah. the difference, right? I thought the Tanuki suit was the raccoon suit, but then when you actually look it up, they call it separate. It's called the raccoon suit. The one that has the raccoon tail, and then the one that lets you change into stone is the Tanuki suit, like you were saying. I never knew that. Once you actually search things up, you realize what they're called when you look at these power-ups. Just another thing to bring up, too. How many power-ups are in this game? Like, how many forms you get? Oh, and a lot of they give you an inventory. It's actually so cool to have an inventory. You can, you can uh, give Mario power-ups before actually entering levels. So there's actually, like, a metagame... Uh, even when you reach level three, you're like, okay, I want the frog suit. I want to get the frog suit for this level. I know I'm going to be underwater. Even other levels, like when you get to Giant Land, there's lots of levels where you have to go underwater in Giant Land too. And you have to think, okay, I need to save the frog suit for this level. I need the raccoon suit for this level. The raccoon suit makes a lot of uh, levels more easy. The levels where there's twomps, you want the yeah. Tanuki suit so you can in go through uh, twomps while not being hit whatsoever. When you turn to stone, twomps do nothing to you. So they'll pass right through you. So there's, a, there's an element of um, knowledge-based gameplay where you got to think about it actually, which is surprising, uh, considering it's an, such an old game and it's just a simple platformer, right? There's just more to it. And I personally think the gameplay and the crispness of Mario's platforming is one of the best out of any platformer I've ever played. Like they really got it right in the feeling of Mario's jumping in this game. Miyamoto hit the nail on the head with this one. How good it feels to just hold down B an entire level and just blast through it and jump and it feels like you're going fast. Yeah. It makes me think if they were doing that, like they sped up the game to try and compete with Sonic at the time. Dream, but this is the Mario, what I've noticed while playing it, the easiest way to get through is patience. You have to time every jump, watch the enemy's pattern, stuff like that, and every play has to be patient. And that's how I got through every level without getting touched. Start through some very difficult... 
after dying, I died many times, I'm gonna be honest, but after dying a lot of times, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna take my time to walk through this level. And I had the easiest time that way. Yeah, if you take it slow. And then eventually started, when I started, especially when I was playing with the All-Stars way, like I was playing through all the levels. I would, when I came over and played through all the levels again, I was memorizing each level and then, okay, I know this part, I'm going to do a long jump, and I'm, or this part, I'm going to do a short jump. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I know like, there's an enemy off screen yeah. here. I know there's a flame torch off screen here that's going to kill me. Yes. Stay, stay on the top of this level is better than going the lower way. Like, for example, uh, Giant Land, the ship at the end, it's better to stay on the higher level than the lower level. I wanted to talk about the ships. How nice were the ships? I don't know. I thought they were really cool. Like all dodging all the cannons and the music that's playing. It creates an ominous feeling. Mm -hmm. The music was composed by the legendary Koji Kondo, who did a lot of Mario games and the Legend of Zelda series. A lot of the classic ones. He composed all the music for them. So um, I feel like Super Mario Brothers 3 has some of the best music out of any Mario game. Like it's really memorable. I mean, it doesn't have, obviously it doesn't have the original theme or whatever, but not with a lot of Mario games that came after it really. It's not like Legend of Zelda where the theme was always repeated over and over in every game. In every game. Every Mario yeah. game has its own music from what I find. Mario Brothers 3 is a lot of iconic songs. I feel like the most iconic songs are the, are the, uh, mute, the songs that are played in the overworlds. And so uh, the track with steel drums in the second world. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. And um, I remember we were playing, and I'm like, is that Steel Drum? And I'm like, that is Steel Drum. <laughs> the underground level, extremely um, popular. And we even saw a resurgence in, like, this Mario music and, like, TikTok. Like, there's this whole, like, TikTok filter that people are using that has all the Mario music, like, mixed in there. So it's so memorable. People, even who don't play games, know, oh, the, these songs are from Mario. Like, they remember them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure even not, there's like some non-gamers that have played Mario on and off throughout the years. They've at least tried it, you know, and they've heard the music. And whenever you hear the music, it's iconic, memorable. I feel like uh, Kaji Kondo is probably one of the most reputable video game music composers of all time. Every game he's involved with, the music's amazing. So you can't go wrong, right? It, it had a lot of, it had the original crew, uh, crew with this game. So, you know, it's just a classic when you play it again. How it holds up in 2021, if someone was to ask me, I'd tell you this game is still good. You can still play it. And I've played, you know, me and you have gone back and played some old games recently, even ones much newer than Super Mario Brothers 3. And we look at it and it's like, this game looks terrible now. Like, for example, how bad Oblivion looks now, for example, but Super Mario Brothers 3 looks crisp still. Like, it looks good. It depends on how the developers style the game. For example, Wind Waker, timeless design, will never look old. It's classic. If you go for a more realistic design, like they did back in 2006 with Oblivion, the game quickly looks dated, like hard. Where Super Mario 3, you're going to be able to pop this game in in 10 years and have the same experience, the same fun. It'll still look crisp, still look good. What was your favorite world out of all of them? Just a quick question. I think my favorite world overall was a toss between the giant and desert world. I liked the mechanic of the giant world. I just thought it was really funny. And I think it felt like Mario was like high as fuck or something. Like everything's huge. And then the next world, he goes to the Skyland. And I'm like, okay, this guy's... 
he's on mushrooms or something. Like, yeah, he's stoned. He's high as fuck, yeah. But I also, I like the desert, desert hill because it's so nostalgic. Something about it, the pyramids in the background, the steel drum tracks, all the enemies, the jumping blocks, it's just so nostalgic from playing it in the original version on the NES. My favorite one was Waterworld. Really? Oh my god, it's one of yeah. the most hated worlds. Like, you go on the internet, because I was searching up, like, different worlds, like, what people thought of the different worlds, and Waterworld was, like, universally hated. Because it's very difficult, but it's so good. Like, the design of it, the music, uh, the fact that Mario can get on a little boat and move around the entire level. It doesn't seem like much now, but back in the day, that was so cool that Mario could get on that little boat. If you got the hammer item and broke the rock, you could go to the boat, move around, and there's an uh, there's secret islands in the back side of the level that you couldn't even see before that pops into view when you move over there. And you can get, like, you know, you can roll the roulettes a little bit. That's another thing I want to talk about, too. This game... Uh, it wasn't just levels in the overworld, like the original Mario. There was uh, mushroom houses where you get to pick out of three chests and get a secret item. There's uh, Hammer Bros. Hammer Bros uh, spawns. And it depends. Sometimes it's a Hammer Bros. Sometimes it's two of them. In Waterworld, it was actually the most abusive Oof. because you would have to fight two Hammer Bros while there's water on the ground. So if you didn't have the frog suits, you were in trouble. It was hard. The easiest way to do it was just to use a star. And kill them with just invincibility. Use the star, yeah, because yeah, uh, you actually get a lot of star, uh, stars in your inventory. So that's the the best time to use stars is right before you go into a Hammer Bros confrontation. You know you're in level three. You know you're going to die over and over. Or like, let's say you have a power flower and you don't want to lose it fighting these Hammer Bros. Best way, just use the star before you go in. You'll kill them instantly. And that's another thing like we touched upon the, the metagame of this game, right? There's also the playing matching the cards game. That was so hard. <laughs> it's actually hard. It's like a memory game. Uh, and if you, I think how well, the reward is every time you match one, you get a one up, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it, until you finish it, it carries it over, right? So you get two chances. If you fail twice, it ends. And then you have to wait for it to respawn. And then sometimes it'll respawn. You get to go back in. You get to continue where you left off yeah. until you finish it. Right, so uh, that's a really cool aspect of the game as and well. And the slots, uh, the life slots, where it's like the different pictures uh, going sideways. Yeah, right? playing roulette. Yeah, you have to stop it. That I was uh, better with than the other one. I was actually getting that a couple times. It was luck-based, but yeah. you could try. Well, no, there's actually a way if you stop it, right, as it's passing the middle, it'll stop in the middle. It'll stop on that one. Really? Yeah, I got uh, that. I started, I started to get it after, yeah. And how funny is it when you get two and the third one, a drum roll starts playing. <laughs> the, these wow. are the little things Nintendo added that... You know, it was like a performance. And I think this is one thing you actually let me know before. Uh, today, I learned this when you told me that the game was supposed to be designed around this play, that Mario and Luigi were having a play of the original game. Yeah, it was conceived as a stage play. So everyone, Mario, Luigi, Bowser, all the enemies, they're on stage acting it out. It's not like it's actually happening. Shigeru Miyamoto was trying to make it that it's like they're uh, staging a play of Mario Brothers. That's what it was supposed to be. That's why when the game opens up, the curtains are drawn open and it's like that. 
right? And then it's like the play's beginning and it's Mario and Luigi on screen running around and jumping on each other and fucking screwing around and everything. Slapstick you know? almost. Slapstick, yeah. yeah. And uh, when you're in the world, you see stuff bolted on and stuff hanging from hangers. And like when you reach the end of the, every level, it's just black and there's a curtain over and you touch the thing and the level ends because it's like you reach the end of the stage. Yeah. And that's why I think it's another reason why they call it stages. Yeah. And it's like a uh, just a theatrical performance. I think he likes theater because even in Paper Mario, you have, when you start the game up, there's like a, a stage and curtains, if I'm not mistaken. There is. Yeah. And there's like a whole audience for every uh, battle. But clapping and cheering as you do better. Like It's a recurring theme in a lot yeah. of the games that he's involved yeah. in. Um, what did you think of Skyworld? Just to touch upon it real quick. I always thought that one was really cool. Skyworld was interesting. It actually was one of the easier worlds overall. Like, I didn't have too much trouble with Skyworld. It's a lot of fun to play, and it's easier. And I thought a lot of the concepts in that world were really cool. Well, the one, one thing that was actually difficult to introduce is these spinning uh, platforms. I don't know if you remember this. They spin in a circle. So you have to either... Either they're continuously spinning, and you have to just just jump over them or time the jump so you pass through it because sometimes it'll be you just fling you back and you get flung off the platform and you're dead yeah so that was cool and you know one thing i really liked about that world is you actually start off in the ground and you go through four levels and then you get to a warp uh well not a warp pipe but there's that you climb the vine and then and you're in the sky yeah it was, wow. that was so amazing i was like this game like these little touches brilliant. so cool brilliant then uh let's talk about the dreaded world seven pipeland pipeline it's abusive it's abusive they add the whole element where when you go to the left you come up on the other side of the screen or when you go or vice versa if you go to the right you come up on the left and you're telling uh there's one level specifically in pipeline i want to talk about the one where you it starts you off just falling Yes. You remember that one? Yeah. It starts you off and you're just falling and you don't even know what the hell is going on. You're falling and you got to figure out where am I going? I'm falling all of a sudden. <laughs> you're freaking out when you get in this level. Oh my God. Pipe plan's like a maze too many levels where they want you to go through different pipes and like the levels are actually intricate. It's not just like, okay, you're going to run straight. Left to right. Yeah. It's not Sonic where Sonic was all about keeping the momentum. And that's how the levels are designed, where you keep momentum and you could fly through the levels. That's not what Mario Bros. a patience platformer. You got to take your time sometimes. Even DK, to an extent, I find when I was playing Donkey Kong, it's just kind of like momentum flying through the levels, right? Yeah, you got to take your time. You got, or no, you're saying DK, you got to hurry. DK, many of the levels, I felt like I had to hurry. For like one of the levels uh, is that ancient civilization, like Aztec style level. And you have those spinning boulders falling behind you. You got to go, go, go. That's what it's like. You still want them to hit you. Yeah. Screwed if you hit Which some levels in Mario are like that where the screen's moving. But if you notice, it's moving slow. It's like the ship. Every time you're on a ship, it's moving, yeah. right? But... That's why I found the ships even more stressful because it's like sometimes like later on as the ships get harder, you're like, oh my God, there's so much stuff and I got to make a decision quick. Yeah. The screen's moving and if you get stuck, you're all of a sudden going to die. Yeah, exactly. If you go into a ship as little Mario, <laughs> you're going to have a tough time. You're probably going to game over. Most likely, unless you know it in and out and you can yeah. clean. I did water, ships. I did Waterworld ship with uh, little Mario. Yeah, I did some levels with little Mario. 
where I was like, okay, I have no power ups. Like, I, I don't want to use any. Like, yeah. I'll risk a game over. Like, let's go, let's do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to save my items. I think if you were playing it the old school way, you'd be using items way more often. Yeah, I really loved using all the different power ups, but overall, the game to this day held up all time classic. I could play this game in 10 years, still have fun. Everyone knows the game as soon as they see it. I think it's a timeless classic. It's still enjoyable even now. So yeah. looks good, plays good, plays clean. I mean, there's nothing, it's, a, it's, a, it's nearly a perfect game. Yeah. I think the only thing I could say like that they probably could have done better with this one is like, it's kind of a little bit almost too punishing. A little bit too punishing, especially if you're playing without save states and you're playing the original All-Stars, way too punishing. You're gonna have a rough time. Yeah. You're gonna have a rough time. You're gonna like, you're not gonna get far in one sitting. You're gonna have to put it down. It's gonna take you at least two weeks to beat it. I would say like, if you're even, even if you're just a decent gamer, it's gonna take you like a couple weeks to beat this game. You get like, what you water world itself could take you at least imagine without state states, <laughs> yeah. water world well that's why i was trying to play it right and i just i got kept getting to like level world three or four and then gaming over and i would be able to run through worlds one through three because i memorized them so i guess if you're playing it back like in the original you'd have to memorize everything you can memorize the levels and just run through them after but once you hit the shark you're dying over and over yeah if you don't have the frog yeah so I think that concludes this episode of the Malone Brothers this week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope that you guys tune in for the next episode when it's released. Thank you for listening. And we hope that our opinions of Mario Brothers 3 help you guys consider picking it up and playing it because it's an enjoyable classic, timeless classic. Thank you.